This is episode 336 with doctor of physical therapy, running coach, former track and cross-country athlete for the College of William and Mary, and Cat 2 cyclist, Mr. Jimmy Picard. Welcome to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jason Fitzgerald, and my singular goal is to help you improve your running by getting stronger, racing faster, preventing more injuries, and achieving more of your goals. I'm a monthly columnist for Trail Runner Magazine, a 239 marathoner, and creator of the Performance Training Journal on Amazon. You can learn more about me and strength running at strengthrunning.com. And if you enjoy this show, please support our partners who are offering you some great deals on amazing products that are going to help your performances and overall health. First is the Mobo Board. Go to moboboard.com and use code STRENGTHRUN10 to save 10% on your board. Invented by renowned physical therapist Jay DeSherry, Mobo helps you stabilize your stance with an innovative rocker board that forces you to improve your stability with proper mechanics from the foot up. Stronger runners experience less wear and tear on their joints, so let's get strong and then use that strength the right way. Get yours at moboboard.com, and don't forget code STRENGTHRUN10. It'll save you 10%. We're also supported by the high-nutrient probiotic drink, AG1. I love this stuff. It's the most popular greens mix on the market today with 75 vitamins and minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, antioxidants, and adaptogens. To make taking control of your health even easier, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune system-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. You can't be fast if you're not first healthy, so visit drinkag1.com Jason, and you can choose from a single purchase or a monthly drop to make this part of your ongoing nutrition plan. See all the details at drinkag1.com Jason. My guest today is Jimmy Picard, a doctor of physical therapy in Salt Lake City, Utah, who specializes in treating endurance runners and mountain athletes and helping them get back on the trail. Jimmy was a competitive distance runner at the College of William and Mary and was able to become a Cat 2 cyclist in only two seasons. Jimmy has the trifecta of experience and qualifications that give him valuable insights into effective treatment for runners. He's a high-level PT, he specializes in runners, and he has the background of a competitive runner. In this conversation, we're talking about high-level strategy for strength training, how to balance it with your running, how to schedule lifting workouts, how the goals and length of each session should change throughout the season, why your early season strength training has a lot more flexibility, and we'll, of course, go on some tangents about tendon health, tendon springiness, and alleviating calf problems. Strength training is so important for runners that I don't even consider it cross-training. It's just part of the training that's required to help you achieve your potential. Get my best advice on lifting weights, including the major mistakes to avoid and what exercises are perfect for developing power. Get that at strengthrunning.com slash strength. And now without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Jimmy Picard. All right. Hey, Jimmy, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Stoked to be here. Well, I'm excited to chat with you again. You, you sent me an email talking about an interesting aspect of strength training that I don't think I've covered enough on the podcast. Um, so this is one of my favorite topics 
just because of how transformative it can be for runners. Uh, but we're not going to discuss the benefits of strength training or what specific exercises to do. I've already covered that extensively, but I really want to talk about the balancing act of managing lifting with your running. And uh, Jimmy, I have to admit, I started lifting again regularly about a month ago, I'd say, and it took me a couple of weeks just to get used to it. My body was surprisingly sore. Do you, do you find that this is really common for people who start a more formal strength training program, e- even runners who might be running a lot? Yeah, 100%. I think that's uh, one of the main reasons to have some structure and consistency with it is so like you're not getting that soreness, especially if it's near race season. It, it would be like if you didn't run for six months and then you went out for like a five-mile jog, you know, that's probably going to leave you feeling a little sore. Oh, yeah. I've, I've uh, recently been coming off of an injury, so I know what that feels like, taking some time off and the quads are not used to the impacts of running as much as you cross-train. It's a different sport, so uh, it's not fun. Yeah, and in our last conversation on episode 223, we were talking about just a better approach at treating running injuries And a big part of that discussion was on load and how you can't just treat an injury by resting and not exposing the injured tissue to any kind of load. And this is very similar, right? Like if we're just not exposing ourselves to the load of lifting any kind of weight, even if it's our own body weight, it's really going to be a shock to our bodies. Um, So balance really needs to be a, a critical aspect to this as well as just doing it consistently. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about how we actually get this done. Uh, I really think this idea of balance and and making sure that we are focusing mostly on our running, because after all, we are runners, but getting in the strength workouts that are going to allow us to really flourish as athletes. And it seems to me that balance is really about both the volume and intensity of the workout itself. So making sure that the strength training session is appropriate, but also in how you schedule that workout, and how frequently you do those kinds of lifting workouts. Uh, let's talk about each one of those aspects here, and, and maybe we can get your thoughts on you know, the ultimate schedule and, and structure for a very well-balanced program. Uh, so maybe we can just start with frequency. You know, h- how frequent, when you're thinking about strength training for runners, should we be getting into the gym, lifting weights, and also maybe are there other kinds of strength training sessions we should be doing in addition to lifting weights? Yeah, so it's a great question. So first, I think the answer is it depends. Where are you in your season? So if it's the off season or the uh, base building season early in your season, I think we can do more strength training. Uh, the volume of running is low. We have more time on our hands. We don't have to worry about recovery because we're not stressing our body as much. So off season, I think is a great time to focus on strength training and to kind of build your base of strength training, just like you build your base with running. So that's where I would start. And I'd say two to three days a week is really good. Um, I tend to stick to two days a week year round. It just works with my schedule. Uh, but during that off season, three days a week is really good. Um, and I think we'll cover this in a bit, but it's the timing of what you're doing is really, really important. So frequency is huge. Uh, again, early in the season, we can get away with more, but when race season approaches, I'm, I'm cutting it to one short session, maybe none if it's race week and it's a, my a race. Uh, but so again, the answer is it depends where are you in your season? How much are you training? How much time do you have for strength training? 
And how much time can you devote to recovering from that hard session of strength training? I like this approach of of sort of pegging it to what kind of season you are in with your running. So if you're in base training, well, you're not racing, you're not doing really hard workouts. So you can afford to do a little bit more weightlifting. And I like how you have this like two to three workouts a week scheme, depending on what's going on with your running. How long should those workouts be? Because I know, you know, I have some weightlifting friends who might get into the gym and their total workout might be close to two hours. And, and when I think about a two-hour weightlifting session in the gym, my eyes start to bleed a little bit, Jimmy, because I'd rather be out running. So please tell me I don't have to be in the gym for that long. No, I like to stick to like 60-minute sessions. If I'm going crazy and like I'm not running at all, maybe I can do a 90-minute session. But as we'll talk about here in a second, uh, if, it, if it is off-season and I'm doing a longer session – a good chunk of that, probably at least 50% is going to be more of like a circuit style, muscular endurance, uh, almost like a zone two workout in the gym using machine, uh, gym equipment or body weight movements to get what kind of mimics a zone two or easy day run. Yeah. I love that too, because you don't necessarily need to be super specific with your weightlifting all the time. And, and just like during base training, when you can afford to do more strength training workouts, you can afford to do longer strength training workouts. You can also afford to do more intense strength training workouts where you might actually do the things that you wouldn't really do in season, like more uh, cardiovascular or metabolic types of strength training, like circuits, like you mentioned. But a lot of these rules can be bent and broken in the the base training season or just a season where you're not really running very much because you just have more flexibility in that. And, and I think that's a really good principle to keep in mind, which is the more difficult and specific your running is, then the more strategic and specific your weightlifting should probably be. Whereas if your running is a little bit more general, your base training it, it gives you more flexibility to do a whole different variety of strength training workouts because they're not really going to interfere with your running nearly as much. So I, I really like that. Um, now, when you are in season, do you cut those workouts a little bit? I do. Yeah. So actually, this brings up like a good point. I want to kind of clarify here is that I think it, so there's this big push in the endurance and running specific world of like where we are now embracing strength training as something we should be doing. Whereas like five, 10 years ago, you're like pulling teeth to try to get an athlete to lift weights. Right. Uh, so there's been a shift in the culture and it's been accepted a lot more, but I feel like a lot of runners and endurance athletes kind of don't know what to do and how to structure it according to their season. So, and this is kind of what you're asking, but when I'm programming for a runner, I break their season into like three phases. So we start with kind of this like off season, early base season, built like base building season. Then we're in our kind of hard training season and then we're in our competition season. And so depending on where we are in the season with those three, three little blocks, it depends. The training can look, the strength training can look a lot different. So <clears throat> in the, off season or base building season, that's kind of where I'm at now. And a lot of the athletes I'm working with are now we are focusing on like 60 minute sessions, two days a week where something like 20 minutes of that 60 minute session is just doing some 
deadlift squats, and then maybe one core exercise. So a very small strength session, but it's four sets of 12, lighter weight, getting smooth with the movements, learning those movements again, trying to avoid what you described at the beginning of this talk about getting super, super sore. Um, and then we go straight into a muscular endurance block where we're doing a circuit with body weight movements like step-ups, lunges, air squats, uh, maybe an uphill treadmill in there where we're just circuiting this like continuous 40 minute movement, building muscular endurance. And then as the season kind of progresses, we change that a lot. I love it. I love this really strategic approach based on the kind of season that you're in. Can you maybe walk us through the next two phases of the season? You know, the, the competition phase, which comes sort of at the end as you're getting close to your goal race and you're tapering. And then there's that sort of hard training phase in the beginning. Yeah. So the way I see it kind of transition is we have, again, this muscular endurance, heavy focus early in the season that's laying the foundation. It's like, uh, getting those movement patterns dialed in with lighter weight and higher volume. Then we kind of transition when you're starting to throw in your running workouts and the intensities building with your running. We want to pull back a little bit with the volume of the strength work with the the muscular endurance work, because we don't need to do that. We're doing that when we go run and we do a hard tempo, we're building muscular endurance. So in the middle, that second phase, we're backing off on that. And now we're focusing a little bit more on actual strength training. Um, in this block, I kind of call it strength endurance, where now we are keeping the volume kind of low. I'm sorry, the volume is higher. The intensity is a little bit lower. So we're deadlifting, we're squatting, we're adding some single leg strength exercises in there and we're pulling back. So that muscular endurance section then the first phase made up 40 minutes of the set class is now making up 15 minutes, okay? Um, with again, the focus is not making you tired for your workouts, for your running workouts, but building some strength and consistency in the gym. And then when we get into the competition phase of your training, we're really pulling back. We're not doing any muscular endurance work. We don't need to do that. We're just hitting the the strength movements, the deadlifts, the squats, the single leg deadlifts, split squats, things like that with higher weights and super low intense, uh, super low volume. So something like three sets of three. I think that's the kind of weightlifting that most runners are not as familiar with. And, and I liken it to a sprinter workout. You know, the kinds of workouts that sprinters do are just very alien to distance runners. You know, I remember being on the track team in college and we would sort of poke fun at the sprinters because they'd be walking around most of the time. But what we didn't realize is that when they were running, it was so high intensity and they wouldn't be able to sprint so close to their maximum speed if they weren't taking all of that very low activity level recovery, uh, basically just walking or standing around. And the way that our weightlifting is structured at the tail end of a season is actually very similar to that. It's, you know, it's, it's not high speed, it's high weight, but you still get a lot of recovery. You know, you're, you're not doing a high volume of it. When we're doing those kinds of workouts, what are we actually working on? Because I think a lot of runners are very familiar with, you know, quote, hard breathing workouts and we're building our cardiovascular fitness, our aerobic endurance. 
But what are we doing when we're just doing like three or four reps of a heavy squat? What 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 physical skills are we gaining in this scenario? Yeah, so we're in that scenario, we're gaining just raw strength. Those are, that's a true strengthening workout. Um, and you're right. I find that the runners and endurance athletes tend to shine when we program those muscular endurance workouts, the long breathing extra uh, routines. They love it. They do really well. And then you see, we get to this phase <clears throat> and it's harder. It's, it, it's not as fun for them. Uh, we're picking up really heavy things and putting them down and then there's resting. But the great thing, like if we structure the the season in this way, you've kind of built up this big foundation with the early muscular endurance and then some strength endurance and then now true strength works where you're going to do three sets of three and you're going to lift heavy weight. We're going to get a stimulus to the body to build strength. We're going to load the tendons really heavy, which our tendons love that heavy load. Uh, we're going to get a nice hormonal response uh, that's building our body up. And then we're not going to get super sore if we do it right. Uh, so then you can still have like your, your hot session or your a session is the, the running workout, not this workout. Uh, so recovery is a bit better and you got to keep in mind, like running is a very like catabolic activity. It breaks our body down. And if we can have this strength training as a way to build our body back up, they complement each other very nicely. So that's the whole theme of kind of trying to structure your training in such a way where the strength workouts are not supplementing your, your running workouts, but they're complementing them. So we're almost like doing the opposite as we go through the season, if that makes sense. When you're running very low and your cardio is low running wise, we're trying to do that in the gym. And then when your cardio is very high and your aerobic stuff work is really high in the competition phase, we're doing the opposite in the gym. I love that perspective on things that strength training is complementing your running by working on something different than what you're working on with your run training. So base training, you know, your running looks a certain way, your strength training is going to look a very different way. And then the opposite is true when you're getting ready to run that final goal race and your training might be, you know, starting to come down in volume, but it's pretty high intensity. And we really want to be working on the uh, different skills in the weight room. Um, when we're doing these kinds of workouts, we're not doing it for an hour, are we? Are, are these workouts a little bit shorter than an hour when we're doing three to four reps, heavy weight? What does the duration of these workouts look like? Yeah, so that's the best part is they are typically like 30 minutes or a little bit less. Like get a good warm up in. Uh, maybe you do one light set to kind of warm up and then it's just working that three, three by three, three by five, something like that. Uh, I pick two movements to do in a day. So maybe I do a deadlift and I pair it with a split squat or something like that to hit those hard, pair them with, uh, a core exercise or a rehab exercise. If you're working on an injury, uh, and we're in and out, it's very easy. If you, again, if you are dealing with an injury, this is a great time to just tack on that supplemental uh, rehab style exercise. But I think one of my mentors in like the rehab and strength world is, I don't know if you've had Jay DeSherry on your podcast before. Oh, he's a legend. I took one of his workshops last year and he's great. So I saw him at um, a, a running physical therapy conference uh, up in Park City and I loved one of the things he had to say is like, he wants to see all of his athletes PR in the deadlift, like the week before their competition. I love it. And it's like, 
just get them super strong right before a competition. Again, we talked about the benefits. You've talked about the benefits before. It's like uh, lift heavy and get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've said this a couple of times in the past, but you know, I, I am one of your kind of cliche body type runners. I'm just very thin, especially when I was, you know, really competing at my peak in my mid to late twenties. And, and for anyone who, who might have that kind of body type, you're just naturally thin. I just think it's so much more important to focus on strength training because, you know, as, as an ectomorph, like it's really hard for me to put on any weight and the extra strength looking back in hindsight, of course it's 2020, but that extra strength would have done wonders for me from an injury resilience perspective. And, and I really wish I had paid more attention to it in, in those years, um, of my competitive career. You hear, uh, Ryan Hall saying a similar thing. And obviously he's gone to the extreme where now he's solely focused basically on strength training, but I've heard him say a couple of times where if he would have used the weight room appropriately during his, uh, running prime that he would have been a lot healthier. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of runners right now who, who made that mistake and are now like desperately screaming into the void for other runners to not make that same mistake. Please don't make the same mistake. You are going to be healthier. You're going to feel better and you're just going to perform better. You're going to be a faster runner. You're going to get fewer injuries. It's just a, a much more productive environment in which to train. Uh, now there are a couple, um, specific areas I want to get into with you, Jimmy, but you did mention how you like to pair a couple main, main exercises with some core exercises. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about specific exercises, but a little bit of sugar makes the medicine go down. What are some of your favorite core exercises? Cause I'm always looking to switch things up for myself and you know, I, I'm a little tired of doing planks. What else can we do? Well, so first of all, it's like, I, I, it drives me nuts, the word core, because I think in the running world, especially it gets over overused. And if we're honest, like the best core workouts are probably like back squats, front squats, deadlifts, where we're working the full body. Those are amazing. Um, and so when I say, when I say core, I pair it with a core exercise, I'm typically like putting somebody like somebody in a half kneeling position and making them do an overhead press. So we're like, putting their body in a weird position, making them use it where their core is having to stabilize in a kind of novel position. So half kneeling press, I really like. Um, I'm a fan of like dead bugs because we're working your hip flexors and your lower abdominals, hanging knee to chest. Uh, and then a lot of times when I say core, I'm also talking about the hips and I'm sneaking in like some lateral toe taps, working the hips, some loaded carries, uh, probably my favorite core exercise is a loaded carry, uh, or a farmer's March with holding some heavy kettlebells. Um, those are a few of my go-tos. And I always think like, if you're strength training, the focus should be strength training. When I use these, when I pair a strength exercise with something like the exercise I just described, we're just kind of filling time. I'm trying to slow the person down and make sure they're not just rushing through their sets. So it's a way for us to one, sneak in some of this supplemental work while we're forcing a little bit of rest for the main lift, if that makes sense. Yeah, it almost seems like, you know, the the deadlifts, the squats, the split lunges, you know, those are your strength training. And some of these body weight exercises or, or lower weight 
you know, quote unquote core exercises. This is a little bit more like conditioning, a little bit more general, uh, certainly going to make you into a more athletic, robust, well-rounded runner, but not quite as specific as, you know, lifting a heavy weight right off the ground. Um, let me talk a little bit about something that you said earlier. You said tendons love to have a heavy load. And I want to explore this a little bit because I feel like a lot of runners um, don't intuitively understand this. And, and it's only something that I, I've really gotten in the last couple of years that tendons are, are unique, aren't they? And, and we have to treat them well for them to stay healthy in the long term. Can you talk a little bit more about healthy tendons and, and how they require a heavy load and what that might look like? For sure. Yeah. So, uh, my background being physical therapist, doing some run coaching and strength coaching. Um, yeah. In the, in the sports medicine and rehab world, we have this saying, yeah, tendons love load. And when we look at the running population, the injuries runners get tend to be bone stress fracture, like stress fractures or tendon injuries, tendinopathies. Um, and we can use heavy load as a way to build up the capacity of these tendons to tolerate more load. So it's a great, it's our intervention. When you get a tendinopathy, we prescribe heavy, slow resistance. Uh, in the past, there was a big push for like eccentrics. You see like every runner that gets Achilles tendonitis starts doing eccentrics because you Google it and that's what they see. Uh, the literature now shows like there's probably a little bit of a better benefit if we just do heavy, slow resistance um, versus just doing the eccentric portion of the movement. We want to do both portions. Um, so yeah, heavy, slow load is the way to go. And tendons love that depending on the tendon, the movement will change obviously, but, um, the way we tend to prescribe this is a three second concentric phase followed by a three second eccentric phase. So we're just trying to go really low, load the tendon slowly, and then slowly come out of it. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think, uh, a lot of runners, that's just, that's just weird for us to do. Even now I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do that the next time I'm in the gym and hopefully I do it the right way. But, uh, let's talk a little bit more about like scheduling. Um, when do you like to schedule strength workouts? Cause I feel like this is a big sticking point for runners and, and is a really key aspect to the whole balance equation. Yeah, for sure. Um, can I back up a second though and go back to tendons? Sure. So, cause you, you asked about like, yeah, what, more about details about tendons. So tendons are like springs and we want these stiff springs. And so that's one of the huge benefits of doing this heavy phase towards the end of your, your training block is that we are building stiff tendons by doing heavy, slow load like that. Um, if you, if you had a spring on the desk here and you had like a loose sloppy spring versus a nice stiff spring, when you push that stiff spring, it's storing that energy and it's releasing it. And so that's what, running is all about storing and releasing energy. We get free energy if we can have a nice stiff tendon versus that sloppy tendon that's just kind of like not giving us much back. So that's one of the main reasons why we want to do this heavy, slow load. Yeah. I, I always think of a kangaroo and how, you know, if a kangaroo just didn't have those powerful tendons in its legs, we wouldn't be able to watch it just so gracefully hop like 20 feet at a stretch because those tendons would just, they would sort of collapse under the weight and force of what it was trying to do. And much like a pogo stick, 
we want to do something similar when we're running. We, we need it to be stiff. We need it to be firm. And we need it to really absorb, hold, and then release that, that free energy. Uh, we certainly can't do it if it's, you know, loose. It's a weird way to describe a tendon, isn't it? Like, uh, have you ever seen a loose tendon? What do they, do they look different? <laughs> no, it's a great question. Uh, that you see it right when you watch somebody who has no spring in their step. Yeah, you can see it, but, um, the, and you kind of alluded to here talk training, like plyometric stuff too, cause that, that is important as well. Um, where you start, like you build the capacity of the tendon, get it nice and stiff, and then you start training it to be springy with the more plyometric type exercises. Are there other ways of, of developing these stiff, well-functioning tendons? Is it heavy? Is it a combination of lifting heavy, doing some actual sprinting where you're actually utilizing the tendons in, in a very specific springy manner? And then also doing some plyometrics. Is it some, you know, wonderful mixture of all three of those things? For sure. Yeah. So running is great for it. Running is probably the primary way to do it because that's loading. I'm especially fast running. So that's where there's huge value in, you know, adding your strides and being consistent with strides on a weekly basis, adding some short uphill strides to kind of really focus on that bounding and springiness. Um, And then of course, yeah building the capacity via strength training, via plyometric training. All right, let's move back to my question about balance and scheduling these strength workouts. Um, Because I I feel like a lot of runners have heard to put these weightlifting workouts on their hard running days. Uh, I I tend to think that's a good idea, but it's also an advanced idea and and it's not going to work for every runner. I know for me personally, I have a really hard time doing any kind of quality work in the gym the day that I do a long run. I am just tired. I don't feel like I have the energy. And so I like to modify the schedule a little bit, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on, you know, maybe ideal schedule for weightlifting and then what are some other options? For sure. Yeah. So ideal world, you get your speed work done in the morning, right? You get your hard run done in the morning. And then we give the body a break. We give it like four to six hours minimum. And then we're trying to come back with the strength training in the afternoon. That doesn't work for a lot of people, right? So a lot of people can lift in the morning or and only run in the afternoon. And so like we really got to work with the schedule. And this where this is where it's there's the ideal world and there there's what's realistic for you. So I think if you're doing strength training, that's like, give yourself a pat on the back. That's great. And if you can't get it in, in the perfect order, that's okay. You're the main goal though, is like, we want to protect that, that hot session, the, the main workout for the weekend for a runner. That's your hard run days. So we really want to protect that where we're not fatiguing yourself before that workout. Um, and then the strength training, I tell my runners, like, I don't care if you go into that session tired because you just did a hard workout. That's great. You're still going to get some benefit. The goal is not for you to max out on your deadlift or anything like that. Uh, We're just trying to get that stimulus on the body. So that's the ideal world. Um, Doesn't always happen. And I I never, I don't think I've ever programmed a strength session on somebody's long run day. I I just wouldn't do that. So good. I, I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe maybe there's something right that I'm I'm just too fatigued. And and with this four to six hour window in between a run and a weightlifting session, I think it's really critical to say like 
that probably should include two meals in between, you know, those two sessions, you know, some kind of meal right after your run, and then another meal pretty close to your weightlifting workout. That is going to be a big determinant of how you feel and how much energy you have going into that weightlifting session. For sure. Yeah. And you kind of, there's two points I want to bring up there. So one is if you're a runner and you're considering adding strength into your routine, it's not, the answer isn't always yes, you do it, right? There's a lot of things you need to consider. So you brought up like diet. If you're struggling to eat enough calories to maintain your running and stay healthy, the last thing you want to do is add more load onto the system and start stressing your body more when you can't keep up with the caloric demands of just running. So I think we got to be really like tricky where we kind of are cautious where we're encouraging everyone to strength train. The other time I think it's it's not helpful is if you're a super busy person and now you're trying to cram one more thing into your day and it's adding a ton of stress for you to like get to the gym and try to do this. And then you're kind of like half-assing it when you're there. Like that's just not worth it. You'd probably be better off sleeping more or hanging out with your family and relaxing on the couch. You know what I mean? Um, so there's lots of little things to consider. Yeah. So, but to your point, if you're going to, if we're going to, uh, strength train in the morning, sorry, hard run in the morning, strength train in the afternoon, we definitely want to be refueling in, in between there. Uh, I think one of the main reasons we see runners getting injured is there. It's just hard to con- eat as eat as many calories as we need. So like, if anything, you want to kind of overdo the caloric intake on these days where you're making really, really hard. Yeah. And when it comes to, um, strength training and then running. I know this was an option that you mentioned. Is that something that you typically recommend or should should runners try to do their run before the weightlifting session? That's what I recommend mostly. Yes. Again, there I definitely have people who strength train in, in the morning and then do their hard workout in the afternoon. I personally can't do that and I think it's like my I'm a I'm a morning runner so I just don't like to run in the afternoon I always feel terrible if I were to work out and then or lift weights and then run I'm going to feel extra terrible so I just that's my bias right we all have our biases that's mine I don't I don't like doing that yeah it seems to me that we should prioritize our our sport specific exercise and as runners that's running and if we're going into a run feeling fatigued from a lifting session earlier in the day, especially if that run just, you know, it isn't an easy run. It isn't a base run or a recovery run where it doesn't really matter exactly what our pace is. You know, it's more of an effort sort of run. If we're running a workout where maybe we're running our goal 5k pace, and it's really important that we hit our splits, especially if if we have a really clear time goal that's coming up, I want to prioritize that workout. I don't want to go into that workout you know, essentially prioritizing the weightlifting session first, I'd much rather nail the, 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 the running workout and then have a mediocre weightlifting session. And it seems like that's, you're okay with that too. Like you're okay if someone goes into the weight room and they're tired and they're not really going to be able to lift the same amount if they were a hundred percent fresh, what's the thinking behind almost I don't want to say mailing in your strength training workouts, but, but being okay, not really prioritizing them and going into them, not feeling optimal. Yeah. I think it's just understanding. We can't be good at everything. You can't, we can't like pull all these levers and expect to be 
amazing at all of them. So we have to prioritize. It's always, if we're a runner, it's always going to be prioritizing running. Um, unless you're in like beach body mode and you got something you're trying to, I don't know, you have some, uh, more, uh, physique goals or something like that. But for most of us runners, it's like the thing we care about is running and performing. And so we got to prioritize something there's benefit. You're still going to get some benefits from the strength training. And most of us don't have, in fact, I don't know of any runner that I work with that has like a PR, a deadlift PR goal or something like that. So we're not prioritizing it. Does that also mean that we probably shouldn't schedule uh, a weightlifting workout, especially if it's a more challenging weightlifting workout the day before a faster training session or a long run? Because then we might just be sore and, and go into that more important running session with extra fatigue. Correct. Yeah. So if anything, I would... I- I would, inc- I, if a runner can't do the order and the sequencing that we want, I try to say like, could you do your speed workout in the evening and then come back the next morning and do your lifting? Like th- the opposite of what you just mentioned. Right. So then again, we're still, we're always trying to think, how can I protect that workout, that running workout? Cause that's the goal. That's the focus. That's what we really want to see our body adapting to and, and change it responding from. You know, I fielded some interesting questions from from some more competitive runners who actually feel a lot better the day after a weightlifting workout, and they may actually do one of those shorter, more power and strength-oriented weightlifting workouts, like we were talking about with three to five reps. You're only working on a couple exercises. It's relatively short. They feel very tuned up and, and springier than usual after a session like that. Is there a point where these workouts can be used to aid a faster training session like that? Hmm. Uh, that's a, I've never thought about that. That's a good question. Um, I could I could see that working, especially if it's somebody who has a big background in strength training and they have a history with it. So they're not getting as sore. And it's almost like you're kind of the way you're describing it is like, it's like priming their system to, to be like firing on all, all, all cylinders the next day. In my mind, it would be very similar to the day before a race, you do, do some drills, you do some strides and you do some plyometrics. All of those things are going to increase muscle tension and leave you feeling a little bit springier than you know, other things that you could do in training. And so that's actually a really good pre-race day priming session, very short run. You're not going to fatigue yourself, but you can do some strides and drills and and just a couple short plyos. And you're just going to be ready to like jump and hop around and run fast. So for a middle distance runner, that actually is a really great way to prime the body. And I can see you doing something very similar with weightlifting. You just have to make sure it's not too much. For sure. Yeah. So as we're thinking about balancing our weightlifting workouts with with running, we've talked about two to three workouts a week, depending on where we are in the season, more workouts earlier in the season. Are we doing any other types of strength training during the week besides those two to three more dedicated days? And and this is admittedly a, a pointed question because I like to have runners do, you know, short, more PT oriented body weight exercises for maybe 10 or 15 minutes after a run. It's more of a cool down. It's not super challenging, but I just think it's really helpful to go through some movements. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that and and what you like to prescribe your runners. 
So I tend to prescribe two hard strength sessions a week and then one kind of rehab style session a week. As far as the rehab, like these supplemental rehab exercises, they're always tailored to the individual. So uh, looking back at your history, what's, what's been like the weak link? What has been the thing that has like sidelined you the most? What are What's your injury history? And we try to use that day as like uh, honing in and building up that area. So for me, it's been my calves. That's been like my weak link. I tend to strain them often. And so once a week I have my like calf routine that I go through on that like PT supplemental day. Uh, Could I do it more often? Sure. I just don't have time. I'm busy, got two kids, got my work, you know? And so if I, if it was an ideal world, I'd probably do it three days a week, but I will often then also try to take some of those exercises that you're describing and it's like tack them onto the end of the strength session where I'm already in the gym, I'm already doing the thing. And then it becomes like essentially the cool down to the strength session. Is there a benefit to to doing that, to adding more of the, you know, more therapeutic body weight exercises to the end of a weightlifting workout? Or is it more beneficial to spread it out over the week? Do you have specific thoughts on that? I don't. That's a good question though. So when I prescribe exercises to patients, I typically recommend three times a week, kind of depending on where they are, but three times a week is a, is common. Um, so I do like to spread it out so that we are dosing it throughout the week. But it's important to remember that like load, we're putting a lot of load on the body already. So like I don't... I, I want to find that sweet spot where we're keeping it pretty simple. We're not overdoing it. We're saying, what's the like, what's the minimum of this minimum amount of this stuff that I can get away with doing and still get the benefit. And so I think if we're doing heavy load in the gym, we're working everything. You're working your full body. If we're doing like some of these uh, routines we described. So your supplemental PT stuff, you're already working on those exercises when you're doing your heavy strength, right? You're already working on those areas when you do those strength. So for me, we are, we are doing them multiple times a week, even if it's kind of in disguise with the heavy lifting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it, you know, loaded in a more general way when you're lifting weights and then you can get a little bit more specific when you're doing more PT oriented work. Correct. Yeah. And I think there's benefits to both of those. And the question is, and I don't think we really know the answer to this is like, how specific do we need to be with some of these things? Um, so if you, yeah, if you have knee pain, do you need to do like isolated knee extension or something like this? Or can we just load it with a heavy squat or split squat and get the same benefit? I think the answer is probably we'll get the same benefit. I'd love to go down a tangent and talk about your calf routine. Because um, I think uh, for a lot of runners, especially, I've been reading a lot and, and just anecdotally, it seems like once once guys reach master's level runners, they just start having calf problems, Achilles problems, soleus problems. Um, if someone has a history of that, what are some of the high impact things they could do to keep their calves healthy and happy? And, and maybe like, what do you specifically do? Yeah, that's a great point. So you're a hundred percent on point. Like as we get older, especially males, the lower leg is like the problem area that tends to be what we see runners getting is these Achilles tendinopathies, calf strains. Um, And so I think it's good to be preemptive with that stuff and start a program. So for me, the way I sneak stuff like that in, 
is either on that supplemental day or it's tacked onto the end of my strength training day. It's going to be a, a heavy single leg heel raise, barbell on my back, my uh, foot balanced, like one foot balanced up on a bench, one foot on flat ground, and I'm doing a heel raise with that foot on the flat ground, if that makes sense. Um, we can share a link to like a video of me doing that, but trying to load it really, really heavy. So eight to 10 is hard to do, but we're going well beyond body weight. Cause when we look at like the demands of running on the lower leg, it's, I think it's like seven times body weight is going through the, the calf and Achilles. We can call it the calf muscle complex to simplify things. We wonder why uh, body weight calf raises are not enough. Yeah. <laughs> we need to load it heavy. So barbell on your back, doing some single leg heel raises. I start there. Then I'll do like, um, a split squat position, doing a heel raise at the front left foot, holding some dumbbells. So again, we're loading it up. And then I always like to add one more plyometric exercise. So that could be, well, all of my programs typically warm up with either jump rope, jumping rope or hopping in place. So we're getting like a bouncing exercise in there. But if we're talking specific to like the rehab for this would be, um, a single leg bouncing activity. So I do these like single leg pogos. If you can imagine that same position, one foot on the bench, the back foot on the flat ground, and then I'm bouncing on that back foot, trying to teach that uh, tendon to be springy, teaching my leg to be stiff and springy. So those are kind of like the three I like. I love that. And, and I think especially just the idea that you've got to load these tendons and, and using relatively heavy weight to do so is a good idea, even though it can strike a lot of people, myself included, as a little risky, you know, just you like lifting a heavy barbell with just your calf. I'm like, oh, don't hurt yourself, Jimmy. But that's what we need. That That is what we need. And of course, we're going to make sure you gradually build up to that heavy load. We're not just saying go put 135 pounds on the bar and have at it today. Build up to it, be smart and be reasonable. But yeah, the goal is to get to that heavy weight. Yes. I think that goes without saying for, for any advice here on the podcast, it's, it's let's do so progressively, gradually, safely, strategically, intelligently. You shouldn't just go couch to 100 mile or couch to heavy back squat. Let's get there in a, in a safe way. So as we're thinking more about just balancing our running with strength training, uh, especially weightlifting in the gym, are there any big mistakes that you see runners make on a regular basis that, that might impede their progress or, or make this balancing act a little bit more challenging? So the first thing I'd say is like, if you're strength training, that's great. Like, I don't want to beat you up if you're doing it wrong. Like nice work, like for getting out and trying to do stuff. But I think the big mistakes I see people doing are just doing the same routine over and over and over again throughout the entire season. So that's why I wanted to talk here today was just to like encourage people to like think about programming their strength. Uh, like I said, to complement their, their running. So we have those phases that the, that's hands down. The biggest thing I see is like they pick a routine and they just stick to it and they're doing it literally like year round. Maybe they'll switch up one or two things, but the sets and reps are always the same. Um, so that would be, Number one, number two is just this like boom bust idea where like you get gung ho for like a week and you do go hard and then you're super sore and then you're like, I can't do this. And you stop for a month and then you try again. Uh, Jimmy, I feel attacked. <laughs> you're going to get no benefit from that. You know, uh, you're, uh, the whole goal is we're trying to 
get your body to adapt and cause uh, tissue to change. And if we're doing this boom bust thing, we're just like constantly aggravate or like uh, getting sore for no reason. Yeah, I, I think it's also really helpful to know that, you know, as runners, we measure our fitness levels by and large by our aerobic fitness level. And, and that can really start to change in a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks, we start feeling in better shape. But when we're talking about developing stiff springs with our tendons, really anything with our connective tissues, the changes to those tissues take a lot longer. And we should be a little bit more gradual with how we are lifting our weights and engaging in plyometrics and doing any of this kind of uh, hopping or, or really heavy load work, just because it, it doesn't take a couple weeks, it takes a couple months. And having a longer term perspective on that progression is going to be really helpful uh, and, and save us a lot of you know, uh, pain later on if, if we're getting injured. For sure. And I just made a uh, post about this, uh, more about tendinopathies, but the saying is that tendons take time, right? So it takes a long time for tendons to adapt and, and change. And so consistency is key. Um, and especially if you have an injury, if you have a tendinopathy, you know, you're looking at like a six to 12 month time frame where you're going to feel symptoms. And it takes that long for the tendon to adapt. Even when we're doing everything right with PT and loading it, it takes that tendon a while to adapt. Yeah. Is that because the tendons simply don't get as much blood flow as say your muscle? There's just not as much, you know, of a vascular network in the area. Yeah, for sure. That's a big part of it. And then like collagen turnover is just slower. Um, I've been coming back from like a posterior tib tendonitis, which is even slower because that tendon is inside of a sheath that kind of protects it. So the blood flows lower and that one took two years. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That's a while. Yeah. It was not fun, but finally getting back after it and haven't had symptoms. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. All right. Well, I think this has been really helpful from like a 30,000 foot level of thinking about your strength training as an evolving practice over the course of a season. It shouldn't stay the same you can be less specific in the early parts of your base training season and, and simply how heavy load is, is really important. Are, are there any other major aspects of the way we should be thinking about our strength training, the way that we balance it with running, scheduling it with, you know, our other hard running workouts to not just not get in the way of those workouts, but actually enhance and complement those workouts. Is there anything that we didn't cover? I think we covered it, but I would say like, this is my perspective and there are other perspectives and this is the way that I like to do things. It makes sense to me. Logically, I've heard other people kind of flip the, the, the entire thing where they do the heavy strength early in the season. And then the more like rehab stuff later in the season, I don't like doing that. It just didn't seem to work for me. It doesn't work with the way my brain works. I'm, I want to build this foundation first and then get to the heavy uh, stuff later in the season but I think you sh if you as the runner should try that, try things, try different things. Don't get stuck in your routine and do the same sets and reps over and over again. Try something different. Try structuring your training throughout the training cycle with some sort of phased structure and see how it goes. Like experiment. This is all like, this is what training is. We try something, we see how our body adapts and responds. 
did we get the result we want? Yes or no. And then we try again. And it can be this like fun collaborative thing if you have a coach, um, but it's always trial and error and see how you as an individual respond. Much like our running, right? Like we would never run three miles three times a week and then never evolve the training at all. Just like that, you know, when we go in the gym, we want it to change. We want it to do different things and have different focuses at different times. And those changing focuses in this evolution of focusing on different things at different times, that is what the adaptation process loves. And it's what ultimately helps us become the runners that I think we want to be. For sure. If we've run three miles every day, the body stops responding. We're giving it no reason to adapt. So it stops. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to engage in this consistent exercise of progressive overload in a lot of different ways. Uh, Jimmy, thanks. Thank you for your expertise, for coming back on the podcast for uh, a second time. If folks want to hear us talk a lot more about preventing and treating injuries, we can go back to episode 223. But Jimmy, where's your home base on the internet for folks who want to check in with you? So I am at Redefine Physio on Instagram, and that's where I only am. I only have Instagram, so that's a spot. Um, If you are interested in more about this strength training stuff, I do have um, a link in the bio where you can see a sample program that kind of goes through a 12-month or sorry, 12-week program, what this looks like. or send me a message. Happy to chat with people. I love talking about this stuff. All right. I'll include a link to your Instagram profile right in the description of this podcast so folks can go check it out. But Jimmy, thanks again for being here. Of course. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's our show today, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to lift weights for power, speed, and maximum strength, sign up for our free course at strengthrunning.com strength. Please also support our sponsors who help me keep the lights on. Use their links and discount codes to support the Strength Running Podcast. First is one of my favorite strength and performance tools, the Mobo Board. Go to moboboard.com and use code STRENGTHRUN10 to save 10% on your board. It was invented by physical therapist and previous podcast guest, Jay DeSherry. Mobo helps you stabilize your stance with an innovative rocker board that's set up on two fins. Now there's a hole where your four little toes are supposed to be, which effectively forces you to drive your big toe into the board to improve your stability. If you want to learn more about stability training, check out episode 275, where Jay and I talk a lot more about just that. Now, my first time on the MOBO board was a little bit embarrassing. It was a little humbling. I was very confident going into my first session on the MOBO board. How hard can it be to balance, right? Well, it was very humbling very quickly. (laughs) If you're a good runner, better balance, stability, and proprioception are all going to help you have a more powerful stride and prevent more running injuries. And I love using the MOBO board partly as a diagnostic tool. You can see where your stability is lacking, especially when you compare your left leg to your right leg. And the MOBO board is going to help you improve the efficiency of the kinetic chain from your hip to your big toe. Because as Jay likes to say, it's not just how strong you are, but how well you use that strength. Save 10% with code STRENGTHRUN10 at checkout at moboboard.com. Again, that's code STRENGTHRUN10 at moboboard.com. I'm also grateful for the support of AG1, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition super simple. 
I personally struggle with eating healthy all the time because I love convenience. So I'm finding their product, AG1, very helpful to help optimize my health by giving my body what it needs. You can learn more about it at drinkag1.com slash Jason. One scoop is going to give you 75 vitamins and minerals and whole food sourced ingredients, including a greens superfood blend, probiotics, prebiotics, adaptogens, and more. AG1 helps me fill in any nutrition gaps in my diet because I know I have those gaps. And it also gives me a nice boost of energy and focus throughout the day, especially in the early afternoon. Now, I've got three kids in school, so I know I've got to support my immune system because I'm no match for those little kid germs. And that is a big reason why I love how AG1 supports my immune system. But what I really love about it is that it changes. This company is dedicated to making improvements to this formula as soon as new research is available. And over the last decade, they've made over 50 different improvements based on the latest research to make all those nutrients more absorbable and the product more rigorous with the third-party testing that they do. Yes, AG1 is safe for sport. Go to drinkag1.com Jason, and you'll see the great offer they've put together for our podcast listeners. You're going to get a year's worth of free vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. You can sign up for a single shipment, or you can get a monthly subscription if you want to make AG1 a part of your regular healthy lifestyle. Go to drinkag1.com slash Jason to sign up today. That's our show this week, my friends. I appreciate you being here for being part of the Strength Running community and all of your support. We'll be in touch.